Hello, folks. This is your host, Ellie Tascari, welcoming you to Faith Uncensored. Today, you will hear stories of real people who step by faith into the footprints of Jesus. Enjoy the show. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of Faith Uncensored. We got here with us Chrissy Morrow, a new guest, and she's a very interesting person because she really reminds me of the young rich man in Matthew 19, the guy that asked Jesus, how do I get to have eternal life? And one of the things that Jesus told him is to go and sell all your properties, give it to the poor, and then follow me. And she reminds me of that guy because she got the same message from Jesus. But the difference between her and this young man is that she actually obeyed the Lord and she sold all her properties and followed Jesus. But before we go on and for me to introduce you, Christy, I just want to remind you to subscribe to our channel, like us and subscribe us. And also, we are also on Facebook and Instagram. And from now on, we're going to be also on heartstonenetwork.com. You can find us there. And thank you, everybody. So, Christy, what happened? Jesus told you to sell all you had and give it to the poor, basically. What, what happened and when did this happen? Well, I was in Bible college at my church, one chapel in Austin, Texas, and one night in 2017, it was around uh, March of 2017, I had a real dream when I was asleep. And normally my dreams, you know, you have dreams here and there, and you may re remember a little, but this was so vivid, I will never forget even the hues and the textures and the smells and the sounds and the visual. But the dream was that I was on top of a mountain overlooking a coffee farm. And I didn't even know what a coffee plant looked like. I mean, I was using little Nespresso pots to make coffee and that's all I knew. And then I saw these people walking around and in my, my dream, I thought, are these missionaries? And I woke up and I thought, hmm, I wonder if this dream is for someone in my Bible college class that wants to be a missionary in Germany. And I told him, hey, I think you're supposed to have a, maybe a ministry at a coffee shop. And his reply was, well, that was not my dream. Mm. And so I kind of thought, hmm, did, you know, was that dream important for me for some reason? And so two weeks later, I met mm. a group of missionaries uh, named Mountain Gateway. They are, uh, they're missionaries that train, disciple, and pastor people to become pastors and, and missionaries. And they're planted in Nicaragua and Mexico, and they're spreading the gospel in indigenous areas where people have never heard the gospel. Oh, wow. So when I met them, yeah. So it started like that. And did you want me to... Oh, yes, Continue, yes. like oh. how? Okay. Yes, well, yeah, it started, uh, <laughs> started like that. Yes, yes, we are interested in knowing the whole story. Okay, yeah, so when I met these missionaries, I asked them, what are you doing in Nicaragua? And they said, um, well, we're, we're spreading the gospel and raising up pastors, and we have this vision of having a coffee farm, and we've always had a prayer about wow. having, having a something with coffee that helps improve the farmer's lives and uh, through agriculture. Ah, and, and so I said, that, oh, was the that there was the connection with your dream. 
Well, I told them about my dream at that moment because they said coffee. And I said, oh, well, are there mountains there? Because I had a dream I was on top of a mountain overlooking coffee. And then I hear in the background the founder of Mountain Gateway, Britt Hancock, yell out, come on, Jesus. And I thought, oh, does that mean something? And so fast forward, I, I said, oh, well, let me go and visit. I just want to check out what you're doing there. And and maybe we go look at coffee farms just because that was the topic. And I have a business background in the past. So in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I can go and I can help them start a business somehow. Hmm. So Okay. So, so, so basically, how long did it just, so you had a dream and then you meet these people. How long? You said it was like two weeks later you met these people. And how long after, after meeting them did you go to Nicaragua? I made a flight um, July 1st of 2017. It was three months later. Uh-huh. Okay. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't wait years. I'm sorry? Years didn't go by. No. It was quick. Oh, that's cool. So you went so to Nicaragua. I how did you like it? What did you think when you went there? Oh, I loved it. And I love to travel. I love adventure. So I thought it was kind of exciting. And there's one thing in my past, even before I knew the Lord and received Christ as my Savior, I had a faithful grandmother who loved the Lord mm. and would always tell me, we always need to take care of our missionaries because they're leaving their home and family and they're spreading the gospel and they're doing it at all costs, so we need to help them financially. And so I always had that instilled in my heart, but I was so selfish in my past that I was, you know, I didn't do that um, very often. But when I met them, I went to go visit, and the, the rest of the story is pretty incredible what happened. And just, just to, to commend your grandmother, you know, when Jesus talks about um, mustard seeds, she, it's like she planted a mustard seed about mission in your heart. And we will know throughout, throughout the story that what this mustard seed became. But go ahead, tell us. So, yes, I agree. My grandmother, um, she loved the Lord so much. So she was a great influence for me. Mm. Uh, when I, so when I went to Nicaragua, we, uh, I said, let's go look at a couple of different farms. And I said, let's look at a million dollar one and a half million dollar farm. And I'm thinking in my mind, you know, if, if we could raise some money or get investors, we could buy the farm and then they could do their work there and have worship mm -hmm. and discipleship training. And we could you know, <clears throat> farm Sorry. coffee and make coffee and have coffee shops. And uh, I'm thinking the big picture because I'm more uh -huh. of a visual, visualized big uh -huh. picture. Things. And we went to uh, see a half million dollar farm. It was 122 acres in Hinoteca, Nicaragua. And the missionaries... Um, there was probably about six of them there in Nicaragua uh, that had been there for a few years, you know, building relationships with the locals there. And they mm -hmm. knew one particular local that was in the farming business who was a pastor of Mountain Gateway there in Nicaragua now. And he says, oh, I found a farm and they want a half million. Let's go. Let's go check it out. So we went there. We walked around for about a good hour, and then when I hiked up to the top, which was about 4,000 feet, I stood there, and I looked around, and I thought, this is my dream. <laughs> exactly. The hues in the sky, all the banana trees. I could hear the monkeys in the background. Uh, 
it was kind of hazy because it rains a lot there. It's like, jung you know, it's a jungle. Wow. And there was coffee plants everywhere, of course, because it was a coffee farm. Clap coffee wow. plant. Uh, they call it finca. And I thought, okay. And then I see the missionaries walking around kind of lower at a lower elevation. And I went, this is absolutely my dream. What does this mean? And I felt like the Lord was saying, get your phone out, get your calculator and figure up what two of your home's equity, because I own two homes. He wanted me to figure up what the equity would be on those two homes if I sold them in wow. order to give it to buy the farm. When I huh. figured, figured the two houses, in my mind's eye, I was visualizing my home in Oklahoma and a home in Austin. Beautiful homes. I mean, I, I renovated. I was I have an architecture background, and I just I was in love with home, my homes. And in that moment, they looked like molded, warped wood, like it was meaningless in contrast to that beautiful, you know, visual I saw on the mountainside. Hmm. And I thought, hmm, maybe the equity be, would be around 300000 It was a wild guess. I had no idea what my ho homes would sell for. And I thought, well, it's a half million dollars. Maybe I can raise money to get the other 200000 and we could buy this farm. Well, I didn't tell the, the, the farmer, or not the farmers, the, uh, the missionaries this until the next morning, because all through the night, the Lord woke me up. I could not sleep because uh -huh. he kept saying, you're going to sell? This is going to give it all away. <laughs> and I said, where am I going to live? I don't have a home. Where, where, where am I going to live? That's all I'm worried about. And he says, I took care of you your whole life. And when I was homeless for a brief time, when I was 13, my mother let me go for a while. He says, I took care of you then. I'm going to take care of you now. And I thought, okay, I'll do it. And in that Aww. moment, I thought, you know, I trust God so much and have so much faith that he will take care of me. And he kept telling me the scripture of Malachi 3.10 about get, test me in this. Give all that you have to the storehouse and watch me open the floodgates of heaven and overflow your storehouse. And so that was on my heart in that moment. Mm. And I knew I was to be obedient. The Lord told me to do it. I'm going to do it. So the next morning I woke up and I'm excited because I'm like, oh, these missionaries are going to get what their, their vision and their dream is if I can, uh -huh. you know, when the Lord does this. Not if, it was just when. And uh -huh. I told them, and they couldn't believe it. They said, um, are you sure? And I, I said, we need to pray about it because I'm sure that I'm supposed to do this, but you need to be sure if you can take care of it. And that's what the uh -huh. Lord wants to do. So we prayed for a few hours. We made a phone call to the founders, Audrey and Britt Hancock. They were coming off a mountain, got the phone call, and we asked them, hey, this could be a doable deal where we buy this farm and, and Christy's going to do whatever she can. Lord told her, sell everything, give it all. We're going to get this farm, but we need a go. And at that moment, the founders said, let's do it. The Holy Spirit spoke, just do it. And so, so it was $300,000, but the value of the farm was 500,000. And just, I want, I want to stress the fact that you were actually living in one of these houses. Yes. So I was still right. living in Austin in my beautiful, you know, 2,500 square foot home. So I, when I told the missionaries that, I said, let's talk to the family. We learned that 
the bank was taking it over. It was going into foreclosure. And I said, well, let's look at their financials. Let's make sure it's legitimate, that it is uh, something that could make money. And let's ask them, what do they owe the bank? And when mm-hmm. we asked them, they said $300,000. Ah, okay. Exactly. exactly the money that you had calculated you could have through the equity of your houses, selling and keeping the equity. Yes. Wow. Confirmation. Oh, my yeah. goodness. So mm. when we met with the family, we, um, yeah, that's, I mean, just it's just miracle story after miracle and, and confirmation through the whole process. The Lord sold both my homes within three months. Mm. And I just gave them the equity and they ended up clearing the titles, which is not an easy thing to do in a third world country. So the missionaries had to put a lot of footwork in and just make sure everything was done right. Because you have to be very careful in those third world countries. So Yeah, because you can be scammed or you can fall into bureaucracy. And uh, yes, it's an endless spiral of bureaucracy, I know. And... um, and so the, the purpose of these farms is to have lo- the locals been working, so to support themselves. Yes. So EDG stands for Esperanza de Gloria. That's the name of our farm. It means hope of glory. And it's the hope of God's glory is what Mountain Gateway had to help improve the lives of these impoverished farmers through agriculture. So having this farm now, we're able to hire farmers and locals and um, give them a great job. We pay them 48% more than national minimum wage. How much, how much more? Sorry, repeat that. 48% more. 48% more than national average. Yes. Hallelujah. So you just bring them out of poverty, basically, because um, agricultural our agricultural doesn't pay much anyways. So especially in a third out, world country. Especially, especially there. How many families are working in the farm? Uh, I don't know exactly, but I know during harvest season, which is November through February, we can hire 50 to 60 people. But normally we have between six and 10 uh, all the rest of the year, just taking care of the farm. Uh, we have an agronomist, we have a farm manager, we have a security guy. Uh, so uh, we uh-huh. have cooks who are in the kitchen. So we have a really wonderful kitchen that we've restored. So the farmer's wives love to cook so that they can all have three meals a day. And uh-huh. the children. Well. Oh, wow. And you said Esperanza de Gloria, de Gloria, mm-hmm. EDG. That's the brand of the coffee? Yes. So we call it... A, EDG, it's the acronym for Esperanza de Gloria. Um, it's easier to remember, in my opinion, but... <laughs> yes, yes. It, it's, yeah, EDG. It sounds fancy, too. And do you have some coffee there? I see in the background. I, I do. I have... Okay, so this is what happens. So now, what part of our goals were is we wanted to be vertically integrated all the way from seed all the way to your cup. Because what happens... If you're a producer, or even if you're a roaster, some things happen in between with middlemen, not saying they're all bad, but a lot of corruption will happen. So we wanted to make sure that we have quality control all the way from the ground, all the way to your bag, to your cup. So what we do is we, after we uh, 
produce the coffee, we clean it, we take it to a dry processing plant where we watch it through quality control, we import it, put it on a container on a ship, import it to Dripping Springs, Texas, where oh. we small batch roast. We have our own roastery. We have a wonderful uh, roaster, David Hancock, which is the son of uh, Britt and Audrey, and he's now a master uh, licensed um, roaster, if you can say that. And it's small batch, so it's always fresh. And we have four different roast profiles we came up with. Now, I uh, received my Q grading certification. That's a quality, it's a certified quality coffee grader certification. So I can cup coffee, give it its notes, score it, and price it officially, huh. objectively. And we found four different roast profiles. Uh, we have a, a light, medium, medium dark, and a dark roast. And mm -hmm. it's specialty grade. And what that means is there's no defects. So when we go to the farm level, after we clean it, we make sure it's cleaned well where it is scored, excellent, rated. So we call wow. it, we, can, we call it specialty. Specialty came around so that, so that people could pay their farmers more. I see, so, I see, I yeah. see. How amazing. What an amazing project. An amazing project. Also, you know, you're giving food to these people and they may be passionate about, you know, agriculture and uh, coffee. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah, it's interesting. They love, they love the land so much mm -hmm. that whether they know Jesus or not, you know, there's, there's a lot of other religions there. Sometimes they're, they're practicing witchcraft. They're practicing things that they've been taught or misled to, to believe. Mm -hmm. But they've been seeing God through the agriculture. So, for example, there's phenomenon that come through the country where they had no rain or their um, fungus or bugs will come in and just wipe out farms. There was a situation a couple of years ago where you could look at our 122-acre farm and the farm next door that was owned by a different uh, farmer from another country, their whole land was brown because it had been taken over by a bug called Roya. Hmm. It, it goes onto the plant and, and then it spreads and kills the plant, the leaf and the whole plant. And when you look, we, and when you would look at the mountain range, there was a dividing line right in the center. You could see all their dead crop, and then ours was all green and beautiful. Wow. And we believe this be, to be because when we first took over the farm, many of us, the missionaries and pastors and Mountain Gateway, walked the whole 122 acres and anointed with oil and, and asked the Lord to bless it because we oh, knew wow. it was his dream, it was his vision, and it was his grounds, and he was going to bless it. And wow. we had that faith, and then we're seeing it through the process. These miracles happen. So whenever that happened, whenever the other farmer's land was dead and ours was alive, some of the farmers who, um, you know, whether we know or not, if they received Christ, they would pick up a leaf, and they would say, how, if God wow. loves this plant so much, how much more does he love me? And they're starting to receive oh. the Holy Spirit through agriculture. It's incredible. How God speaks through everything. 
He speaks to every opportunity. He wants to speak to us. You know, I have a little story to tell you about anointing the property. Um, in, uh, well, was 2016, we had Hurricane Harvey here in the Houston area that hit very bad uh, where we used to live. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying, going outside the house and uh, saying, um, Flood, you're no longer welcome here because the Lord said he will never flood the earth again. So Harvey, you don't come from the Lord. I'm anointing my house. This is the blood of Jesus. And I sprinkle this oil all around the house. Listen, 90% of our neighborhood was completely uh, flooded. They had water everywhere. But guess which house didn't have any water inside our house. So I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. It's real. God is real. When we, we, we claim his protection, we claim his blood, that is 110% certain that he's, he's got us back. He's got our back. And right. you're saying this too, you know, in Nicaragua, in the plantation. Any other interesting event? Because I bet you've, you've witnessed other, other stories, you know, other miracles. Well, and that's it. We, we, you know, we don't want other people to suffer or go through that. You know, that farmer, I mean, I'm sure he lost his whole crop. And some, but I know that the Lord sometimes uses that to speak to mm -hmm. masses. And so, you know, now he's doing much better. Um, uh -huh. So, I mean, you, you always want to pray for the other person, but sometimes he does use those examples to, to share. Yeah. Be a witness. Yeah. There is a favor, not to say that we want people not to be to be cursed or anything, but there is a obviously there is a favor that we have the favor of God and is accessible to anybody. It's not something exclusive that only we have. God, His intention is to save the whole humanity for them to have access to all the benefits that He has for us. Right. So it's true what you're saying is true. There is a favor. There is a favor of God. Yeah. Yeah. So how amazing. So what do you do now? So did you become, uh, do you own other properties here uh, in the U.S.? Or did you gain your money back? I don't know. I'm asking you these things. <laughs> Are you, you know? That's an interesting question. And one I continue to pray about because in my, this, this was interesting. What happened before I sold everything, met the missionaries, started to listen to the Lord, and him speaking through my dreams, I was in the oil business, which was all about money. And I had, I mean, I could buy anything I wanted. I made great money. But that started to become me. And actually, I had the love of money, mm. which is, they say, the love of money is evil. <laughs> yes, the it's root not of just, all evil. Yeah. yeah, the root of all evil. It's not just have money. It's yeah, the yeah. love of money. And the that's what money. I had. So when I see the big picture now, four years later, Actually, this week, it's been four years, I look at that and I think I was dying to myself. Once I received the word, listened to the Lord, knew I was to be obedient to let everything go, give it all away, trust that he's going to take care of me. I, like Jesus, I felt like I died to myself, was buried because I ended up moving into an RV, one of the missionaries RVs. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> So you really was, died to yourself, yeah. It was like moving into a coffin compared to my huge house that I sold. But then what happens is when you're buried in that moment, you you do come alive and you you do die to yourself. And then it's not about you anymore. It's about him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had never put God first. But through this whole process, I know I wouldn't be here without him. 
that all of that could not have happened without me hearing him, but him speaking to me and having so much grace and mercy and tenderness for my heart and who I am. Because now I've never had so much joy, a joy uh-huh. that is everlasting. And my life before, when it was all about me and money, I was depressed, anxious, on medication. I was always looking for the next deal. But, and I didn't understand what my, who my identity was through. And now that I know it's through Christ, I give him all the honor and glory for everything that's happened. And he's making everything fruitful. So I've been pruned back, like pruning of the vine. Yes. And now, and, and I'm starting to bear fruit. Uh-huh. And there is, there, you know, my mind is on kingdom. We're kingdom minded. Uh-huh. Um, through EDG and Mountain Gateway, but those core values are now instilled into my heart where mm-hmm. it's not heaven. It doesn't yeah. matter what happens, you know, uh, he's going to take care of me. I Now I live in a really nice apartment and I, I have my two cats that I didn't sell. So he let me keep my, <laughs> cats. <laughs> my two cats. But yeah. Oh, you gained your life back, huh? You gained yes. your life. But yeah, there's no gaining your life if you don't give it up first. It's That's true. It. Mm-mm-mm. That's interesting, yeah. you know. It's interesting because this is what Jesus tells us, you know, to give up. Who, if you don't want to give up your life, you're not gonna be able to keep it. And uh, wow, this is a great testimony, really a great testimony. And um, so now you live in your apartment. You have your two cats. What's what's about? I, I know you are going around. Um, you were telling me that you were going around and doing some demonstration. What do you do with the coffee coffee expo? What? Sorry. Yeah. So um, I had no idea that after I sold everything, moved into an RV, I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to do. But the Lord opened the doors where I could help build the face of the company of EDG. So now I'm VP of Sales. So I work with anyone who wants to buy bulk, wholesale, or even retail. So I started uh, putting on farmer's markets last year in 2020 because it was the pandemic and it was hard for uh, to sell anything because everything was closed. So the farmer's markets were a way to bootstrap and get going. And then now um, that things are starting to open up, I, do, I put on curated tasting events where I will mm. perform pour-overs or French press or whatever type of extraction that you want to learn. And I teach you how to extract the perfect cup of coffee because you can buy a great bag of coffee and you can totally ruin it because you've used either too hot of water, the wrong water or the wrong proportions. So I'm able Hmm. to tell the story and teach people about the industry. How interesting. What about, um, because I'm Italian, you know, I'm interested in uh, espresso. (laughs) The espresso yeah. shot, you know, and uh, we don't drink much American coffee, but we have all the, the espresso. We drink cappuccino or macchiato or all this. How, right. how beautiful, how beautiful that you gave everything to the Lord. I mean, this yeah. is a rare testimony because we always hear in the Bible that guy, you know, who didn't want to sell anything. He, he didn't he couldn't do it. And honestly, I, 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 don't, I wouldn't even want to be put on that situation. But um, I'm glad you obeyed the Lord. I, I, I see your face like, oh, I didn't do anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> but oh, there's times I'm on my knees uh, and complaining like an Israelite. And he reminds me, do you want to be in, 
do you want to be in that RV for 40 years? <laughs> no. <laughs> but here's the thing. I asked my grandma before she passed. I said, you've been in church your whole life. I mean, she was 93. And I said, you've been around missionaries and you've been around the Christian world. I asked her, do you know of anyone who has done what I've done? And she says, I don't know anyone. And I said, yeah. I want to know, Grandma, what did you pray all these years for me? And she said, I always prayed that you would live for God's will in his glory, for his wow. glory. And I said, I don't, I don't know what else to do. I mean, it's like whenever I open my heart to the Holy Spirit, my desires are his desires now. I have mm. to keep asking it. You know, you have to keep in that in your prayer and take captive every thought, the like mind of Christ, because you mm -hmm. can go back to your old ways. But it's I, I just can't imagine living any other way. So. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, give me again. So uh, EDG Esperanza de Gloria, is there a website that we can look it up? How has that? Yes, it is uh, www.edgcoffee.com edgcoffee.com okay okay so if you guys are interested in knowing more about this coffee and also if you have uh, restaurants i believe or some coffee shop and you want to support this ministry go ahead please edgcoffee.com that's the website and so get in touch with the chrissy and uh and order your coffee you're going to support um, this ministry and these families in nicaragua well, Chrissy, I so appreciate you being with us today, and it's such a blessing to have you, really. And I, I wish, you know, we would be a little more people answering like this to the to the call of the Lord. But of course, we all have our own calls, and uh, God is calling us to do different things. But this is really remarkable, and I wanted to interview you and, and hear it straight, straight from you. And um, I hope also that we can meet in person for guys, um, if you're listening on the podcast, I'm remotely interviewing her. She's uh, in Austin, I'm in Houston. So it was just easier to do it like this this time. But I hope we can meet in person and maybe have you here in the studio. Or maybe I can come and see you and I can get a cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, you can, come, you can come to our coffee trailer off Highway 290. We have wonderful specialty drinks. And being Italian, you're going to love our espresso shots. So. Okay, so where are you again? Give us the address. Is that in Austin, Texas? It's in, it's in Austin, Texas. Or it's in Dripping Springs. Our coffee trailer, uh, if you Google map EDG coffee, it'll take you right there. It's off Highway West 290. Uh, I can't remember the whole address, but Google Maps has it and it'll take you right there. And yes, I will bring you, if I go to Houston, I'll bring you a bag of coffee or do it a, a curated tasting so you can have the perfect cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. Listen, thank you so much for being with us and uh, I hope to see you soon. And maybe, who knows, maybe to come to Nicaragua and visit your farms. <laughs> who knows? Oh, that'd be awesome. Thanks so much for having us. Okay, thank you. And guys, stay tuned for the next episode coming soon. Remember to subscribe and uh, like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and you have a good time. <laughs>